Good evening and welcome to Direct Impact Broadcasting, the station of growth and transformation. Affiliate of Creative Broadcasting presents Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson with your host, Taiwana Wilson, as she welcomes her guest to the studio. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome, friends, to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. I am your host and leadership mentor, Tywana Wilson. Come on in into our virtual learning laboratory. We have another fantastic mentor for you. So come on in. Make sure you introduce yourself. Let us know where you're coming in from so that we can welcome you in properly. So I do have a few announcements before we bring on our mentor for this evening. One, all of my medical laboratory professional friends out there, happy Medical Lab Professionals Week. I hope that you are having an amazing week, getting the recognition that you deserve stepping from behind the scenes to in front of the scenes and making sure that everybody knows what we do. As we all know, we have a critical role on the care team and that every single patient that comes into our hospital organizations, we play a, a valuable part in their care. So happy Medical Lab Professionals Week. If you didn't catch it, we dropped a new episode of Elaborate Topics today. This one was an awesome episode talking about QC and what TEA do you use. And it was a great episode where my co-host, Lona Small, she was the host for that episode. So make sure you check it out. So let's get on to what you have come here for. You have come here to hear from another amazing mentor. So let's bring our mentor into the studio. Woohoo, Candice. Good evening. How are you? I'm awesome. How are you? Just about remembered to hit not mute. <laughs> <laughs> I am doing well. I am super excited to have you here in the studio with us to share with the audience. As always, as I tell my audience, I bring mentors from all around the world to come and share with them. So where are you coming in from this evening? Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Woohoo! <laughs> yeah. So that, that's awesome. I My guest maybe like three weeks ago was from Canada as well. So it's always good. I've had several uh, people that live in Canada on the show. So awesome. thank you. You're welcome. All right. Viewers, like I said, come in, make sure you, you tell us hello so that we can welcome you in properly. But let's get to it. Candace Smiley. She has learned the power of saying no listening to your own heart and speaks openly about subtle abuse as it occurs in relationships, personally and professionally. She's become a voice for listening to your own truth and speaking it clearly, powerfully at home, at work, and in your life. She spends her time living in a tiny home. She said it's tiny. It's 250 square feet. 
traveling, speaking, and sharing candidly with others how to live after betrayal, to trust themselves, to speak up for themselves, and set powerful boundaries. Candace. <laughs> Let's talk about this tiny home. You said tiny <laughs> home, 250 square feet. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's wonderful. And um, my myself, my, my husband, uh, I'm moving all of us out there uh, this summer. So with the two lofts, it's about 324 square feet. And we're going to fit four humans and two dogs and a cat in there. And we can't wait. Whoa, that's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, sometimes less is more. So they so they say. So that sounds cool. Yeah. You know what? Um part of my story which I'm sure I will go through, you know, as we're chatting here is a lot about embracing essentialism, which happened because I didn't really want to, but I got left with some significant debt very early on in my career, right about the time that you should be really starting to get traction. My whole world flipped upside down. I got left um, holding the bag on a lot of really bad debt um, as a business partner and romantic partner left me and the, uh, the country, actually. <laughs> um, and all of a sudden, I found myself having to reset, restart and reframe the way I looked at things like where I lived and what I drove and um, the story we tell ourselves about, say, zero, uh, because I went through a number of challenging things, including losing my businesses and losing my reputation and had to start over. And in the process was introduced to this concept of minimalism, which most of us know, right? So mm -hmm. clean out your closet. It doesn't bring you joy, um, doesn't bring you hope, let it go. And I've sort of gone one step further and it's really important to me. So I'm glad we got to kick things off from here. But essentialism is all about what's important now. And so it's not just about, you know, having less stuff or living smaller as, as I choose to, but it's, I found as I let go and as I really ask myself that question, whether it's in what I'm choosing to do for marketing or whether who I'm choosing to work with as a client or, you know, my living space, if I'm asking myself that question, what's important now all of a sudden you realize how unimportant most things actually are. Mm -hmm. And as I let go of more and more and more stuff, I found the anxiety that had riddled my life for so many years just went away. I found that I had more time, which is the non-renewable resource, right? Most of us listening to this are likely entrepreneurs or business builders. And so we know we can make more money. That was right. never the question. Even when I lost <laughs> everything, mm -hmm. I knew I could make more money, but I couldn't get back the time. And I'm a mom, right? As we, you and I were talking before the show. And so I'm aware that I can't get back the time. And so we have found that by shrinking our living space and being really careful about the clients that we take on and that sort of thing, this what's important now and less but better. So not less is more, but less but better. Mm -hmm. The quality of my life is just light years different than it was, say, 10, 15 years ago because I've been an entrepreneur Oh, we don't even want to count the years. <laughs> I've been an entrepreneur for a very long time. And, you know, so I was just really excited when I saw what you were about and, and who we're going to be talking to today. And so anyway, thanks again for having me on, on the show. 
No, thank you for being here. I always learn something as well from each and every guest. So I come into this and, and it was my whole goal behind this was to be able to give my, my viewers, my mm. listeners exposure to other leaders, other mentors, other people who are doing different things and thinking different ways. And so, you know, I learned something new. I had a, a guest on here not too long ago and she talked about having a, taking a career break. And it was mm. something that I never thought about because I've been working since I was 13 years old. The longest time that I've been off work, it had been when I was on maternity leave. Right. And right. so that that concept of taking a break, it was it was interesting because I hadn't heard it before. And so I love having guests like you on here to give a different perspective, because sometimes we can get into our own zone or our own rut. And, yep. and we think that that is the way until you hear another way. So I'm, I'm grateful for you and I'm happy you're here. Thank you. Yeah, I was started working for myself years ago. I went to school originally because I wanted to be a nurse because I really wanted to travel. So I wanted to eventually become a midwife and did like the doctors without borders thing. And mm -hmm. long story short, realized that I'm not really cut out for a job. Um, I have a tendency to think big, you know, thoughts and question the way things are, which is great. You know, that sense of curiosity, that's a huge asset when you're an entrepreneur. It's not so much an asset if you're working a job. <laughs> so very quickly realized that probably wasn't the way I needed to go. Not only that, but I met an individual who um, all of a sudden I was watching. He was making way more money than I was. Uh, he was in real estate. Um, and so I saw him show a few houses and make as much as I did, like for three months worth of work, he was making in, in one, one particular afternoon. And this really uh, started to shift my mindset. Now I'd grown up with entrepreneurial parents. And so I knew he, you know, he owned a own business. I should know what I would do for a business. And so I actually got my start in event planning <laughs> um, because I tended to be somebody who brought people together. This is no surprise. Now I have a podcast and I still bring people together. So I can't really get away from events. But I got started and I did what I think a lot of entrepreneurs do, especially if you're, you're, you know, you're young and you're new and you don't know a thing about um, being uh, in business. Um, and I started a website and I paid for business cards and I got the certification and then I waited for the clients to come. Mm -hmm. I had no idea that you actually had to get out there and market yourself and, you know, all of these different things. And I like sharing it now because I got some really great advice. I was you know, told to take out a smart uh, person who had success. And I said, sure, took her out for coffee and she was about the age I am now. And I said, what, you know, what are you doing that's making you successful? And she said, you got to forget about the bottom line, which is really hard to do when you're just getting started and you just right. want to make a sale, right? You just want to put some money in the bank. But she said, you got to focus on your net work. Focus on your network and your net worth will take care of itself. Mm -hmm. Now, I smiled and nodded and wrote that down. I had no idea what she was talking about. But from then on, I, you know, devoured books and podcasts weren't quite a thing yet, but I was on, you know, YouTube and trying to listen to as many free videos as possible because, of course, the money was pretty tight at the time. But what was really interesting is I stumbled onto a book called The Go-Givers. 
And it's one of my favorites. Not only that, I've, I've had a chance to connect one-on-one with the author, Bob Berg, and one of the co-authors, Bob Berg, and great little book, which essentially talks about five stratospheric laws of success, which essentially are all about networking and all about you know, getting to know people. And they said, rather than going out to a networking event, so whether this is virtual or otherwise, it, it totally applies. But rather than going out and looking for who you can sell to, you have to learn to sell through the room because referrals are going to be your best friend. And so I started showing up at networking events, really anywhere I could meet new people. And I'm an introvert. So yes, I get it from my other introvert friends. It is not comfortable, right? Yes, exactly. But I would show up and I would come into the room, right? Grab my little glass of courage and Mm -hmm. I would go to meet people, not to sell me, but I would start off the conversation to say, well, why are you here? And most people say, well, I'm so-and-so and I do this. And they start talking about themselves. And I would say, well, I'm Candace. I'm an introvert. I'm looking to grow my network. And so the way I'm choosing to do that is I'm going to try to find four people tonight that I can refer to somebody else in this room. Go. And most people were shocked, but then they wanted to talk to me. And they're like, that's so interesting. And so we would actually start conversations about getting to know each other. And so every month, my goal was not to get four sales for me. My goal was to get four sales for other people in my network. Because of that, my network grew very, very quickly. People started to call me very early on in my career looking for a referral. But that eventually trickled into where now, where I have a referral-based business, which is you know really quite exciting. And so I love to share that with people. That doesn't matter who you are or how you start, but if you focus on this whole network and then your net worth really does take care of itself. I love it. I love that. I'm an introvert too. And I love that, that you really were going to serve. I mean, At the end of the day, you were going to serve and to help others, which in turn, it helped you. So it always works out when you give first, (laughs) give first, and then you get. You know what? It was a whole lot more fun. Like it just, it took all of the stress out of going to a networking event. I wasn't wondering whether or not it was worth it. I knew I was playing a long game and it was so much more fun to talk about other people. Mm -hmm. And sometimes I'd bring friends and we'd pick a corner of the room and we'd start. And I think you can do that whether it's a virtual or not, but then people stop feeling like they have dollar signs above their head. And you just start connecting, you start listening, you start paying attention and then you walk away and you feel like your cup is full. And it's interesting how, you know, way leads on to way, which, you know, it's just been huge for me, you know, now moving forward. Awesome. I love it. That's great. So viewers and listeners out there, you know, especially if you are an introvert, you want to make sure that you grow your network, your net Work. Work is your <laughs> net worth. <laughs> yeah. yeah, stop investing so much. It'll make a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. Huge. Absolutely huge. So Candace, I know you have some other some good stuff for us. I want to make sure that we have time for you to get into all those juicy nuggets. You've already, I mean, from the introduction, <laughs> you've already given us, you know, value right there. So I'm eager to hear more. 
Yeah. Well, and I mean, I, I loved your concept of leadership because I think it's, it's a word that a lot of people throw around, but it's also, you know, if you, especially if you're a mom, you're a leader, like, let's be real. My dad talks all the time. He's like, you know, you know, a a mom needs to be running the country (laughs) because (laughs) she knows how to multitask, right? She knows how to, you know, put one person in one corner and one person, the other, she knows how to make everybody get along. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just, I think a lot about that. And so I love this concept of leadership because when I got started, certainly I knew that there were some core ideas around leadership, mm-hmm. but it wasn't really until I started taking personal responsibility for me that everything really had a huge, um, a huge change. Mm-hmm. And that's part of my story. I mean, obviously I got left, um, with a significant amount of debt, like I was saying earlier. And at first I was really angry about that. And I blamed, uh, a lot of people uh, for that. But the reality was, is it was ultimately my fault. Um, and I had to really sort of step up and say, okay, here I am. This is it. This is not fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but the one thing I knew is that I could make a bet on me. And I think Beyonce has that quote, right? You know, she'll make a bet on herself every day, all the time. And that was certainly energy I had for myself. And that would be something I would leave with somebody who. Um, you know, we're starting out and they're looking to be a leader. They want to be a leader. Well, first and foremost, you got to bet on you. You need to. uh, And I think that's more than just, you know, the cliche, I'm going to bet on me. No, figure out why you would bet on you Mm -hmm. and what you need to do to be different. So when I got started as an event planner, the first thing my mom said to me was, you are not playing at this. You are going to do it for one entire year. You're going to figure out what you're going to do and you're going to treat it like it's your job. And that was really great advice. And I didn't want to fall on my face, right? So I did the networking. I took the people out for coffee. Right now, of course, you can use YouTube. I really would. There's so much amazing free content out there or podcasts like this one. Like Just listen um, and pay attention. So when I got started on that and I started to really like take radical responsibility, I knew I needed to fix my network. I knew I needed to learn some new skills. I knew I needed to get a great accountant. I just made a list so that I could grow the skill and then really make a bet on myself, which made a huge impact when I was pitching a client because I'd say, well, what makes you different? And I'm like, well, I'm invested in me. (laughs) And they were like, how does that man have anything to do for me? And I was like, what it means is I'm not playing at this. I'm going to do what I need to do. I'll learn what I need to learn. I will communicate clearly. And people really appreciate that sort of plucky energy. And I don't think that's gone away throughout the entire time. (laughs) Because, of course, my events company morphed into I was an unlicensed real estate assistant for a while, figured out I really liked my weekends and my evenings. And so real estate wasn't for me slowly moved into marketing for events because I could put on kick-ass events, but then if nobody knew where they were or what time they were happening, you know, then nobody showed up. And so I started to do that. I'd never done any marketing. I didn't really like Facebook, you know, but there I was all of a sudden learning these new skills and getting to the new place where I needed to go to owning my own multimedia company and then specializing into LinkedIn and then specializing into. And so people often say, you know, did you plan it? And I was like, no, I've just been sort of following these breadcrumbs that have been leading me closer and closer. Now, if I was honest, I've always been about connection, collaboration and communication. Those you know, over years, I've realized it doesn't really matter whether I'm doing events or podcasts or whatever, there's this, this, this thread. And so for me, in my mind, and my heart, I've always known who I am and what I want to be in the world. 
I think one of the biggest challenges to my success was that I was so willing to learn that I often listened to people who didn't necessarily know my heart. And so I would want to grow and expand and try something and well-meaning intentioned people would often speak out their fears and their limitations over me and my business. And so that's why I talk a lot about boundaries and subtle abuse, because it can be as simple as somebody saying, hey, well, I was worried about you. Well, that can be a very subtle form of abuse so that you change what you're doing. Mm. You can acknowledge and say, I, I hear that you have a concern for me. I get that you're afraid for me. But you saying, well, I was just worried about you is actually you putting your fear onto me and not letting me stand in my power and not and I know I'm sort of playing with syntax but as somebody who's moved through some of those things and been very gaslit in a lot of different spaces and places where you question yourself um it's a big deal when you start to get to that place and so I talk a lot about that and I think we as women well I mean people in general but women especially we have this beautiful deep intuition right this discerning that that niggle my podcast is trust the niggle tell the truth and so I talk a lot about that like when you feel that sensation trust it mm -hmm. and I wish I could have gone back to that girl who was you know 24 just getting started and talk to her and say when you feel like that client's not right you trust it. When you feel like that business partner might not be exactly who they say they are, you got to trust that too. And to lean in really, really deeply to trusting yourself because that whole journey, whether it was, you know, losing significant amount of money, going from business to business and really growing into that, I wish I'd leaned into that a little sooner. And so that's something I talk to women about a lot. Right now, right down to the marketing I've got, which is not only essential, but it's also this boundaries of the trusting of myself, mm -hmm. which is just because everybody else is doing it doesn't mean that I need to. And I have done so much in my business <laughs> because somebody told me I had to. And when you live this essentialist lifestyle or whether you trust yourself, whatever you want to call it, you're going to ask yourself, do I really want to do this ad? Is this really what feels good for me? Am I really following my passion and my purpose? Is this what lights me up? Because I've noticed that the less I do, but that is really in line with what I want to do and has intention for value and it leaves an impression of increase. These things that are really important to me, like deep inside important to me, it doesn't matter whether I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing then my business just tends to grow because I think I'm building it from an entirely different place. And so that's something I wanted to talk about and, you know, share with your audience, because I think that's leadership. It starts first here by mm -hmm. saying what's important for me and what's important for me right now, and then investing in it accordingly. Absolutely. I think that was a great point. So whether you are in your business or in a career I think it is is critical to you know trust yourself and identify what it is that you want because people will put on you what they think whether it's in your career I think you should you know go to this position or this organization or do this in your business and you will find yourself doing a lot of things that you don't want and 
deep down, you know that you never wanted those mm -hmm. things, but you were doing it because somebody said you you needed to, to. You should yeah. to. I should. Yes. To. Somebody yeah. was shooting all over me. Right. <laughs> So that yeah. that was that was good, and I think that's beneficial for anybody, whether in their business or in their uh, professional life and their career. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah. So I mean, that's a that's a big piece, you know, for me. And I think after that, you know, I loved some of the questions you had about, you know, who do you follow as a leader? And I think one of the people that I I love to follow as leaders are people that have the life that I want. And it took me a really long time to get honest about who that was and I mean for me that also means you know what's their marriage like you mm -hmm. know are they on divorce number three or four <laughs> you know um and I mean I'm I'm going through a divorce right now so I get it but I also know why I did those decisions and who I was and what I've become and so I think when we start to look at leadership it can be easy to see these people these influencers and that sort of thing but we got to figure out um what it is that we're after and why we're following and what we're looking for. So the leaders and mentors that I like to follow are people that have balance figured out in their lives. Mm -hmm. And I don't think it's a myth. I think it's about knowing where and when to put your time. So I'm a mom. I have a five and a half month old baby boy upstairs. But I also know that I get lit up by conversations like the one we're having right now. And there are amazing other women out there whose passion is to help women like me have time to do what we want to do. And mm -hmm. so part of my love for what I get to do is that I get to pay other people to come in and support me and give me that break so I can get recharged because I'm going to go back to my kids after this conversation and just feel lit up and be able to be, you know, the best mom that I can be. Now, that being said, I've met a lot of these very nurturing mother type women who ask me the questions like, how can you even take time away? And I'm like, like, I know me. And I think that's how we smash through things like mom guilt to be incredible leaders as we know. That being said, when my daughter tripped this afternoon and fell, I was able to step away from whatever I was doing because I know my priorities first. And I said, hey, I need to go and deal with this. I'll be right back. And I think that's really important because in the past, I wouldn't have done that because of what that person would have thought of me. But now when someone says, what's your day job? I lead with mom. It doesn't matter if I spend eight hours today working my business. My first and foremost job is mom. Mm -hmm. And then after that, I am kick-ass whatever I'm deciding to do and maybe better for it. And that's what was crazy. I can remember like being six hours postpartum with my daughter mm -hmm. and staring at this beautiful, tiny human and thinking, I thought my big dreams were going to go away. They didn't like <laughs> desire to do right and be had just like expanded. And I was like, what am I going to do? And right. that was when I realized it does take a community to raise a child. It does take, you know, it's okay to ask for help. It's okay to say, I don't know. That's a really good question. I'm looking for the answer to that. And I wish that, you know, I had figured that out way earlier, you know, that when I was in financial trouble, that I had been really honest with people and said, hey, look, I made a dumb decision in a business partner and a life partner. And so I'm kind of figuring stuff out. But, you know, who I am is still, you know, getting it figured out. Is that me? Is that better? 
Okay. Yeah, you sound good. Okay, good. I got some feedback and I was like, oh no, I don't want to do it when we're live. But anyway, um, I, I really like to drive that point home. And you know what? Nobody gets out alive. And so I think we need that reminder. If I look back on the things that I thought were really important, like I had to get this presentation done or I had to nail this client or whatever it was. If I look back a few years later, most of what I spent a lot of time on was really unimportant. And that just sort of mm -hmm. goes back to that whole essentialist concept. And you know, people say, well, how are you living in 250 square feet? And I'm like, well, that's the funny thing is I still have room in the tiny house mm -hmm. because we really ask ourselves, do we need this? Do we want it? Do we love it? And I think we need to take that sort of idea into our marketing. We need to take that into our clients and we need to be really honest with ourselves because when we can be honest with ourselves, you begin to live from a place of integrity. That's just, well, it's mind blowing and it feels amazing. Yeah. I think that that's good. That that's really awesome. I mean, and really being honest with yourself. And as you talked about, you know, the financial trouble uh, as you talked about different things that were going on, mm -hmm. it made me think that, you know, good leaders ask great questions. And so yeah. it made me think about, you know, different questions that maybe you could have asked. Maybe it would have mm -hmm. been helpful, maybe not. But, you yeah. know, sometimes it is, you know, as you're going through those situations and thinking as we're developing our, our leadership and our communication and our connection, the three C's, as you mentioned, <laughs> yes. you know, are, are there things that we could do mm -hmm. in case if we are, are have this challenge again in the future, you know, what could we do different or what was the exactly. lesson from it? Yeah. Right. Yeah. So much, so, so much. So, Anyway, I know you had some questions and I wouldn't mind going through that because I'm loving this back and forth that we are we're getting to, you know, pick up on. And I'm sure I can, you know, share some more as we go. Awesome. So <clears throat> as I bring leaders on and mentors on, I'm all, I always like to ask the question about failure. And you talked about some of that as well, because sometimes people see they may see Candace seems to have it all together you know, oh, now man. she is at a place of peace, you know, and sometimes what mm -hmm. people see or hear, you know, they see you on this show or hear you on your podcast and they see this version, but not necessarily mm -hmm. the journey to yeah. this version. So I like to ask all of my mentors to, to you know, tell the, the viewers or listeners about a learning lesson or a failure that you had or a mistake that you had. Some people say, well, I don't make fit. I don't have failures. Everybody has failures. If you don't have right. failures to me, then you ain't doing enough stuff because at some point right. something is not going to work out uh, according to however you thought it would. Oh, it never what, does. Yeah. So what, it, what would be a failure or mistake or a learning lesson that you would like to share with the the viewers and what was kind of the turning point or learning lesson that you got from it. Right. Um, I think, you know, the biggest lesson I made a note of this um, was to trust uh, myself. And that was probably something I wish I had learned. I wish I had learned to really listen um, to myself. I mean, my, my biggest problem is that I knew with the gentleman that 
ended up, um, you know, costing me a lot of money, time, energy, self-respect. Um, I knew pretty early on that I needed to not <laughs> be with him. And I really didn't listen to it. And I wish I could go back and speak to myself and say, hey, um, you know better. And I think, you know, it doesn't matter what happened and how I went through that. Um, if I had taken the time to really listen, it would have just changed the game. And I mean, yeah, my biggest mistakes, honestly, is that I have believed the best of people and they haven't always followed through. And oftentimes after that, you feel like shutting down and making different choices. But I mean, right down to contracts, contracts are only as good as the people who sign them. And so I learned that it's less about what people say and more about what they do and really learning to, to trust that niggle and then ask more questions. Um, sometimes you feel a little dumb, but you can say, just clarify that for me. And so I think one of my biggest failures was, was just really not trusting myself. And I know that sounds all you know, cliche, but I, I mean it, ladies, like, what if we really trusted ourselves, whether it's on the really big idea that we want to go after, or the person that we know we probably shouldn't be um, hanging out with, it's going to have a huge impact. So I know you talk about trusting yourself and trusting the, the niggle that we have that that some people may call it a gut feeling or intuition. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so, you know, what would you say for somebody that's like, I'm not really quite sure what that is. I, I know I have a feeling, but I'm not really quite sure what it is. What would you say to that person that's like they're trying to get centered and trying to, you know, be more powerful in their own right uh, and making those decisions that they're confident in, in, in. But what would you say to somebody that, you know, that's like, okay, I, I, I think that might be it, but, you know, I don't know. <laughs> okay. Um, and I mean, I, you know, originally thought it was like, you know, discernment, um, but it's, it's like, we know it. And, and how would I describe it? It's for me, it feels like relief. So it's not sunshine, lollipops and roses. It's not, you know, uh, puppy farts is what somebody called it. They're like, it's not puppy farts. I said, no, <laughs> definitely not puppy farts. It's, it feels like relief. And so if I'm making a decision and I go on one way for me, it's anxiety is such a, a huge part of it, a tightening in my chest. Um, I'm late for things all the time when I'm out of integrity with myself. Mm -hmm. um, and so I've learned now to go back and trace that through and go, where, where did I, where did I come out of, out of sync for myself? And I lived out of integrity for myself for years, um, not because of a work thing, but because at 17, I was um, sexually assaulted and I didn't talk about it for nearly 20 years. And it wasn't until I started to be really honest about what was really going on inside that that integrity energies trickled everywhere. And so I realized that people had sometimes had trouble um, trusting me and that sort of thing. It wasn't because I wasn't being honest. It was because I wasn't fully at peace in here. And so that's really where me learning to listen to, to the niggle was. And so I had chosen to be friends with people that I hadn't necessarily wanted to be friends with. I had been in relationships that weren't really awesome. I'd gone to networking events when I was too tired and I should have trusted myself. And so what is the niggle? The niggle is just that little lift that you're going to feel 
that is, I probably shouldn't be doing this. Or it's also the same on the, on the positive end. Wow. I should go talk to that person. I know good things would happen on the other side of this. And so it's literally learning how to trust this beautiful calibration system, which is our sensitive, beautiful bodies, right? Mm -hmm. It's that monkey brain, but it's literally learning. And, and we're not taught to trust that we're taught, you know, Jiminy Cricket, right? Which would be, you know, use your conscience as your guide. But it is so much more than that. And so for me, when I started to listen to that feeling of relief and then follow, I'd be like, oh, not going to this event feels better than going to the event. I wonder mm -hmm. what I should be listening to or who I can be calling or I don't really want to have this client. I've said yes. And now a week later, I don't have peace about it. I shouldn't have said yes. So then do you finish out the contract? Do you renegotiate the contract? Do you get honest with yourself? Do you set a new boundary? Do you have a communication? But either way, you sort of go from being, oh, one of my coaches said it best. He said, anytime you find yourself negotiating with yourself and not the other people, you are likely out of integrity with yourself. I am really good at negotiating with myself. Well, I could just do this. And for everybody listening, the word just is usually a word that comes before a boundary is crossed. So whether that's with yourself and you're saying, well, I'll just do this for this client one time. I'll just do it one time. Or they'll say, would you just do it for me this one time? Right. Would you, I was just worrying about you. It, the second time that comes, it's they know there's a boundary and they're asking you to move it. And the second you start negotiating with anybody but yourself, not awesome. That's good. And, and that's true. When you think about it, that's mm -hmm. true. If somebody would just this time, can you do it just this one time? You're right about that. And so you mentioned having a coach as you were talking, you mentioned that uh, having a coach. And so it makes me think about professional development. And I'm always curious as to what others do to keep growing and, and learning for their own personal and professional development. Because as we all know, you don't just grow, right? <laughs> you don't just wake up and, and get, gain all this knowledge by just going to sleep. And so I like to know what other people do for their own professional development. And you mentioned this whole idea of, of coaching. And mm. so my background is, is technical. So I am a medical laboratory scientist by background. And so sometimes when we hear coach or coaching, it sounds like a punitive thing and not necessarily, you know, coaching for uh, development is more so, uh, you know, it's coaching because it, you did something wrong. Mm -hmm. And so yeah. I always like to, to, for people to know that, you know, that is not the case, mm -hmm. but I'm interested to hear what, what are you doing to, to stay at the top of your field for your mm -hmm. own personal growth, for your journey to, to continue to grow your business and yourself? I think that, you know, personal development is something you just do all the time because your income is capped by you. <laughs> like, hate to break it to you. You want to make more money, you got you to gotta add more value, right? And how do you add more value? Well, you increase your skill. And and so I'm always learning, checking things out. My my curiosity, my natural curiosity, I have a bookmark. It says that she's basically interested in everything. My name, mm -hmm. Candice, she's, she's interested in everything, which leads to a certain instability. And that cracks me up every time I read it because it's true because I'm always, and people will say, well, what are you up to now? What are you reading now? And I'm like, well, I usually have about three books on the go. 
uh, I'm a mom now, so audiobooks and podcasts work way better because I can plug it in and do the dishes or whatever else. But yeah, I, I try to give myself the gift of personal development, significant personal development every quarter. So right now I've hired a coach and we're doing a 10, uh, should be 10 weeks, but I just had a, a baby. So he's being very flexible <laughs> on the weeks, a 10 module program. Um, and I'm loving that. Uh, just, you know, it's an hour every week when I can show up and, and, and be my big self, right? Ask questions without necessarily expecting an answer because sometimes they're rhetorical and I want to figure the answer out myself, but it's great to have that space. Um, you know, I've, I've paid coaches many, many, many times. I've gone to, you know, you name it, big wigs showing up in town. They've got a course. I'm going to be there and I'm going to be as close to the front as I possibly can. And I'm going to look for those nuggets um, all the time. I also, when I can't sleep at night, then I'm making sure I'm listening to audiobooks and that sort of thing, because so many people take so much time to write. And I want to pick up that wisdom. Um, I've got books I read every year, um, The Four Agreements. And that's every January, right? Let's reset. <laughs> because living my life by those four agreements has been just life changing. Um, my uh, husband and I, whenever we go camping or whatever, uh, we give my oldest daughter, she gets, you know, iPad for a little bit, just long enough for us to listen to um, a podcast or a book. So recently we've been going through, oh, it was so good. I'm just thinking of the name of it. Mom brain is definitely a thing, especially <laughs> at this time of the day. Uh, more rituals needed. Um, one of them that was great was The Art of Loving. And so really challenges a lot of those views. Oh, nonviolent communication. Highly recommend nonviolent communication. I oh, have devoured, oh, honestly, I have devoured communication stuff because I think words are fantastic. We create our world with our word, mm -hmm. right? We say the word stuck. The word stuck literally means stick. So you have to imagine in your mind when you say I'm stuck, right? So you put I am in front of a word that literally means a stick. So next time you're saying something like I'm stuck, think about the fact that you literally just put yourself into a little tiny, like I just see sticks going around and I think, well, that's dumb. I, I'm not stuck. I'm in a little prison of my own making. I need to figure out what, you know, how I can think differently to, to get out. Right. And that it's easy to get out or the word nice, the word nice, the etymology of the word nice is actually stupid. Wow. I know. So I'm not raising a nice girl because I was a nice girl. And because I was a nice girl, I would negotiate with myself to not make anybody else uncomfortable. That's really dumb. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you know, this kind of thing. So nonviolent communication, an entirely different way of thinking, not just like the words behind it. And it's his life work. And so I got to tell you, Sometimes people hear a concept and they love it so much they write a book about it, which is great. But you may only get the surface level. But you and I both know we've read these books of people who have dedicated their lives to the topic. There's a depth to that book. Right. Nonviolent communication is that kind of a book. It's his life's work. And we've been listening to it. And it is so good. And even though I think this is my third read. <laughs> I'm like, wait, wait, what did you just say? Let me, let me rethink that. And so, you know, for anybody listening, if you want to really mess with your brain, 
and how you've been raised subconsciously or unconsciously rather to think Mm -hmm. this is going to totally change it. And so, um, yes, third listen for me on nonviolent communication this year. Um, And the other one I listen to all the time, which is is essentialism, Um, because, again, it sort of just goes back to that what's important now. And so now that one was same with um, four agreements is one I can listen to sort of when I need to fall asleep or I need to, you know, do something mindless. And I want to have something in the background because the concepts are so good. And every time I listen to it again, John, you know, Miguel Perez, that's his life's work, the four agreements Um, and essentialism is that author, uh, Greg. Uh, I forget his last name. That's his life's work. And so I've realized that these books that I'm in love with are what people have literally, their niche, they're what they've dedicated themselves to. And I'm reminded yet again that it is not being everywhere at all times to all people or trying to serve all clients. That is totally not the space. When we niche, that is where the magic happens. Right. And I think at least I've seen this for myself. I didn't know what I wanted to talk about. Turns out my story was going to be enough. Um, I didn't know what I wanted to specialize in. Turns out the things I've been doing since I was like five years old, hanging out, putting people together, talking, communicating, right? That sort of thing um, was actually my life work. I just didn't realize it because I was looking for something out there. And it goes back to that whole cliche thing, which is don't try to be anybody else. Just be yourself. Mm-hmm. Because everybody else really has taken. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I got a friend who wants to be a coach. And she's like, what would I talk about? And I'm like, your story. And she's like, wait, what's my story? I'm like, your life. And she's like, what do you mean? I was like, okay, we need to sit you down and I will write your story out. And someone else listening will hear in you what you've done, what you've overcome, what mm-hmm. you've thought, what you've learned. Like, let's be real. I did this. That was dumb. Now I know. Don't do that. That kind of stuff is funny. But people go, yeah, been there, done that, got the T-shirt. And that is really, I think, like, there's so much there. Anyway, that's that's what I'm doing for personal development. It's just, it's like breathing. Breathe in, breathe out, personal development. I love it. I'm a book junkie, too. So I... I I absolutely love it. I am going to look up some of those and get those in my queue. Uh, four agreements I've read before, but the other two I had never, I haven't read before. So I'm gonna have to look those up and get it in my queue. Mm-hmm. I'm all about a good book, dude. Yeah. You're gonna love it. Trust me, it's <laughs> all so good. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's good. And sometimes we don't even realize something that's just so common for us or we think well everybody knows that or everybody you know just because it's second nature to us on some things Mm -hmm. and that's something I had to realize too is that you know some of the things that I feel like that is just like yeah that's just what I do or part of me is not it's something that somebody else they may be striving to get to that point so I think you know, that is true too, especially I know as I work with, work with clients and and mentees and, and fellow professionals, one of those things, I'm like, well, how do you know that? And I'm like, I just do. Like, I just, (laughs) I just just do. That's what happens. Yeah. 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 And so sometimes I think on, on that, we take our zone of genius for granted because it doesn't seem like it's a big deal. (laughs) Right. Because it is just us. Yes. Yes. (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, I think I think that's a that's a great point. That's a really great point. I think sometimes you do have to not sometimes you really do have to reset, refocus mm-hmm. and recharge so that you can move forward. And maybe that is getting rid of some of those things that are holding you back and getting back to those basics or essentials mm-hmm. uh, because maybe you have have put on too much, whatever mm-hmm. that too much is. Whether it's too much stuff, you know, there's too much material stuff, or maybe you've committed too much stuff. <laughs> yes. Yes. The overcommitment is is definitely a thing. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That's good. So talk to us before we wrap up, talk to us a little bit about your podcast. Because I know that somebody who's watching this or listening to this is like, Candace is speaking my language and I'm I'm enjoying what I'm hearing and I am enjoying that that trusting yourself and taking back your power. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and what can people expect as they as they learn about it and tune in. Yeah. Um so it's called Create the Ripple. Um, because I really do love that whole concept. You know, you drop a pebble in and you think it's just a teeny tiny pebble, but those ripples will go all the way to the other side of the lake. And so, and the tagline, trust the nickel, tell the truth, because for the longest time, like I've been telling on the show, I was just ignoring myself. So I was doing everything else, everybody else that I should do, but it wasn't actually being true to me. And it wasn't until I started telling the truth exactly what happened and naming what abuse had happened personally and otherwise um, took me forever to realize I had my own Me Too movement, right? Like I just, it took me so long to admit it because I'm a smart, intelligent woman, was raised well. How did I get myself into some of these messes? I don't know either. I was terrified of people judging me when I started to go through my story, which I think you've um, seen. I sort of chronological what happened 20 years ago, 17 years ago, 13 years ago, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. But each one of those um you know, things brought me to where I am today. And what I've discovered is I was the only one who was judging me. Um, Most of the people uh, are like, glad I'm not you. But also, I think, you know, there are similarities in our story. Mm -hmm. And if I have learned, and I realized this when I was younger, so I hadn't quite started telling my story yet. It took me 20 years to talk about the sexual assault that happened to me and how much that it affected me because I was keeping some of these things to myself. And why didn't I trust people? well, duh, hadn't done the healing work, right? I couldn't even name what had happened. And so once I started saying, this happened, this is how I felt about it, this is where I am. All of a sudden people went, oh, dude, me too. Or, oh, this happened to me. And it didn't really matter what it was. And so I wanted to start interviewing other people who had been through whatever it was, it doesn't really matter, um, but that had learned to listen to themselves, which again, not something we're taught to do. We're taught to listen to other people. We're taught to not make waves. We're taught lots of different things, but we're not taught, hey, that feeling inside that says it's not quite right, or yes, this is exactly what I need to do for me. We are not taught how to listen to that and discern, to discern that, right? To to feel that out and ask the right questions. And then once you start telling yourself the truth of what is, So, you know, for me, realizing when my daughter was six days old that I needed to leave her dad because it wasn't a great relationship and it was subtly abusive and I needed to do better for her, Mm -hmm. telling myself that quietly in the mirror was scary. But at least I was honest, even though to everybody else it looked awesome. Mm -hmm. But to me, I was like, this isn't right. 
you're not happy. You need better. You got yourself in this mess. You're going to have to get yourself out. It's probably going to suck to get yourself out of this mess. Um, what are people going to think? And the first thing I did was I, at least I knew I needed to make a change. So I was honest with me. And then after that, I looked in the mirror and went, oh, but first we're going to lose the baby weight. We're going to do that first. We're not going <laughs> to worry about leaving or anything else. And at the time I felt like, you know, I was letting myself off the hook. And so part of my brain was like, what? This is not what you decided. But the other part of me, which I realize only now in hindsight, I was giving myself the gift of time. Hmm. Right? So for the listeners, if you've just made a big decision, I'm going to go and be a multimillionaire, I'm going to leave this relationship, or I'm going to go and, you know, get the love I deserve, whatever it is, there's probably a whole bunch of little steps in between there. There's probably some new habits you need to learn. This is why you hire a beautiful coach like the one we're talking to today, right? You get, you do, you need, you can't, it's not done in a bubble. You do it with tons of different people, lots of different situations. And so by working first on myself, at least I was honest with me, right? So if, if you're looking at, it could be as simple as, I really don't want to do Facebook marketing anymore. I don't even want to be on Facebook. Great. Honor that. You told yourself the truth. Mm-hmm. Now you can move into telling yourself the truth. And not everybody deserves your truth, but you do. Because when you decide to be honest with you, the rest of your life will suddenly just start to ooze from this place of integrity. And it sounds really awful, but it'll just come out of your pores. You won't have to try to be anything anymore. Or you won't worry about what you'll say in that big meeting. You won't worry about what you'll say to anybody because you're being honest first and foremost with yourself. And you're going to bet on yourself because that's the best thing that you can do. And so on the podcast, I talk a little bit about that. But we also talk to other people because I want it to be about empowering. I want it to be about communication. I want it to be something positive. And we started it in the middle of the pandemic because oh, I was so sick and tired of listening to what wasn't going right. And I knew that there were people who were thriving in spite of. Mm-hmm. Um, not, and just because you're thriving doesn't mean you're not having to have a bad day or right. experiencing loss, but they were thriving. They were moving through it. And I realized that I'm a transformational leader. So or, or rather... Um, when the whole world is shutting down, I get really quiet and focused. And I noticed this when I was in university for nurses training, triage (laughs) was fun. When the rest of the thing was going crazy and there was so much going on, I was like, we need to do this and we need to do this and we need to do that. And I realized not everybody's like that. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I realized I can take that and apply that into the business. So in companies that are failing I can come in and say, okay, So we need to fix this and then we fix this and then we fix this and we don't fix this now. This would be fun to fix, but we'll fix that later. Mm -hmm. And so I think that was a big reason why I wanted to do the podcast. And then I realized um, as a single mom that when I was driving uh, and house sitting, because I wanted to travel with my daughter um, before she was in school. So she was three years old and we took off for eight weeks and we house sat all the way down the coast, all the way down to California from Edmonton and then all the way back. Um, people thought it was nuts, but it was so much fun. Um, and a lot of people that were following me on social media said, if you can do that, I can do this. Yeah. And so I'm going to go do that. And I think that energy has continued and certainly why I talk so openly on the podcast or here now is I'm no longer worried about what someone's going to think of me because I know that somewhere out there, someone's thinking, if you can do it, then I can. And I'll be like, yes. Absolutely. Well, that's awesome. That's beautiful, actually. I love it. 
I love it. So how can the viewers get and stay connected with you? Um, yeah. So my website, which is just CandiceSmiley.com. That's, oh, there it is on the screen. That's the easiest way. Um, I'm not on a lot of social media platforms these days because I am in love with my life. Um, so I do the podcast, which is anywhere you stream your podcast, Apple, Audible, Spotify, you name it. You can find me there. And that's just Create the Ripple Podcast. Um, but of course, everybody heads over to the website, anything they need, any links. Um, my blog is there. I talk a lot about um, pretty much whatever I'm thinking about shows up on the blog. And um, yeah, so that's how people can stay. Awesome. Well, viewers and listeners, as our time today, get ready to come to a close. Make sure you go and check out Candice. So go to her website, CandiceSmiley.com, so that you can get connected with her blog. You can follow her. You can get connected with her podcast and continue to, to learn and grow. I think it's important to learn and grow from other leaders who are, are doing things the same as you, as well as different from you, because that's how you get to learn and grow. So Candace, this has been awesome. Thank you. It was really fun. I was really looking forward to this one. <laughs> so thank you so much. Well, I thank you. I thank you for being a guest tonight and coming and sharing. As always, I learned something from each and every guest. And so this has been awesome for me. And I appreciate you taking your time to share with, with me as well as my, my, my guests, my viewers and listeners. Thank you. Thank you for the work you're doing. It's awesome. So thank you so much. No problem. So thank you, viewers and listening audience, for tuning in to this episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson. As you know, we'll be back next Tuesday, same time, same place, with another amazing mentor. And until next time, my friends, I hope you have an amazing, amazing Thank you, friends, for tuning in to another episode of Leadership Tidbits with Coach T. Wilson, where Taiwana speaks with leaders who share nuggets of wisdom that you can use in your personal and professional life. Follow her on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Coach T. Wilson. Connect on LinkedIn or visit www.coachtwilson.com. And remember, in life, learn as much as you can, appreciate often, and lead fearlessly. 